This is your brain on music by Daniel Levitin. One sentence summary. This is your brain on music explains where music historically comes from, what it triggers in our brain, how we develop our tastes and why it's a crucial part of our lives, along with what makes great musicians great. My favorite quote from the author is, a bowl of pudding only has taste when I put it in my mouth, when it is in contact with my tongue. It doesn't have taste or flavor sitting in my fridge, only the potential. Daniel Levitin Daniel Levitin is a man of many pursuits. He's a cognitive psychologist, neuroscientist, TED speaker, best-selling author, musician and record producer. But above all, he's dedicated to one thing, helping us understand music better. This Is Your Brain on Music was released in 2006 and became a New York Times bestseller, having sold over 1 million copies so far. It's a look into what happens in your brain when rhythm, pitch, tempo, loudness and reverberation come together. This analysis won't only help you understand music better, it'll also prepare you to become a better, more skilled musician, in case music is your passion. As someone who loves music, I'm excited to learn more about something so simple yet so complex. Here are three lessons about the neuroscience of music. 1. Music is an essential part of evolution, not just a fad. 2. Whether you like a song or not is based on your expectations and ability to predict what's next. 3. Every song you hear leaves an imprint, imprint for future reference in your brain. Ready to look at your brain on music? Let's explore. This is your brain on music lesson 1. You could not take away music without changing the course of history, since it's part of our evolution. This answers the question, how important is music historically speaking? There is a small minority of scientists that argues that music only serves hedonic purposes. It's simply a byproduct of language and is only a pastime for us to feel pleasure. But that would mean that if you eliminated all music from the world right now, life would just go on as if nothing happened. Can you imagine that? I know I can't, and I think you probably couldn't either. If so, then you'll likely find yourself on the majority side of scientists, who believe that music played a key role in our evolution and has paved the way for our human ancestors to develop speech. Music and speaking are quite similar, so it's possible that by practicing singing and making sounds, our ancestors could have developed the skills needed to later articulate words. Additionally, Darwin believed that music was a way of finding a mate for two reasons. One, singing and dancing requires you to be physically and mentally, and therefore sexually, healthy. And two, if you have time to sing and dance, your food and shelter are likely taken care of, which makes you a safe bet in terms of survival. Looking at how musicians are idolized today and many are considered the sex symbols of their generation, I would say Mr. Darwin's argument is pretty sound. What do you think? This is your brain on music lesson 2. Music is all about expectations and how well you can predict what's to come. This answers the question, how do we decide if we like certain music or not? How much you like a song depends primarily on one thing. How well you can predict what comes next. Great musicians play with your brain and expectations in the way that they get you to expect something and then surprise you before taking you back to comfortable terrain. A great song surprises you, but not too much. It balances the familiar with the unknown and therefore creates the perfect mix of comfort and excitement. 
For example, many people sitting through a wedding service at a church will tear up only when Here Comes the Bride starts playing, because then they know what's to come. Another classic move is to suddenly drop the music, for example in jazz, and having the singer prompt the band at certain points. There's also something called the deceptive cadence, which is when a song repeats certain patterns over and over again until you expect it to do nothing else and then, at the last chance, it gets an unexpected rhythm break or unfamiliar chord and it catches you off guard. However, it's important as a composer to not overdo this because it'll wear the listener out. For example, the song Over the Rainbow does a great job by ripping the listener out of his comfort zone with the chorus part somewhere, but then brings you back nicely with the rest of it. This is your brain on music lesson 3. Each song you hear leaves an imprint in your brain, which is used for future reference. This answers the question, how is music stored in our brain? Memory is an incredibly complicated thing. But music seems to have somehow cracked the code. Songs are really easy for us to remember. While many areas of the brain light up simultaneously during music, such as your subcortical structures, auditory cortices, the hippocampus and others, something unique happens the very first time you hear any song. A certain set of neurons fires together and a unique, abstract, generalized imprint is created. This can then be called upon any future time you hear this song or a part of it. That's why when studies looked at the brainwaves of people when they listened to songs and compared them to when they were just imagining the song in their head, the patterns were indistinguishable. The resulting model is called multiple trace theory and it suggests that our brains store both more abstract, like the overall combination of instruments, rhythm and melody, as well as more specific information, like the slang words in the lyrics. Of certain songs. That's how you can remember a childhood event from decades ago when you hear an old song or where you first listened to a song by your favorite artist. My personal takeaways from This Is Your Brain on Music for 2017. This was a very out-of-the-box book for me. I've, I mean, I'm not a musician, right? So I don't read a lot about music. I just, I'm a passive sort of listener consumer in terms of music like most people are i do consume a lot of music and a great variety of music but that doesn't make me make me an expert in any part of the creation process of music and i think even for most musicians all of this stuff or most of this stuff in this book would be totally new um let's walk through the lessons again and then i have some more things to share about music in my life i guess um First of all, I mean, just imagine that. Take away all the music and then would we still have the same lives? No way in hell. I mean, just today, just morning, <clears throat> I saw that uh, after the terrorist attack on a Manchester a concert in Manchester from Ariana Grande on May 22nd, 2017, that was exactly two weeks ago, um, there was a terrorist attack and I think... 20 people died and or 22 people died including an eight-year-old girl it was terrible and to, and yesterday two weeks later or less than two weeks later ariana grande put together a charity concert right to raise money for the victims and their families and the red cross and so on and she put together an amazing concert she had 
Robbie Williams was there. Take That was there. A ton of Coldplay was there. Pharrell Williams, uh, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, right? She rounded up a whole bunch of stars. They got 50,000 people together. All of the proceeds of the concert went to the charity, the charitable cause. Um, there's the, It was streamed live on BBC, on Apple Music. Uh, it's all over the web right now. Um, the, she even re-released a single one last time again as a beneficial single so all the proceeds from the sales of that will go into those funds and I think by now she's raised over 15 million dollars total for this cause right this like um, for this after this sad event and that's incredible I mean what a comeback music can be for us humans when we face adversity right um or think about the scene in, I don't know if you've seen Les Miserables, the movie, but at the very end there's a scene, or maybe even in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? There's the scene in the beginning where they sing. So they're about to be led to execution and then the people sing. And this, the singing shows that they're, that they're not giving up, that they're resilient, right? That they're not willing to give in, not willing to give up, that these people will put up a fight, Um so music can symbolize so many things and i mean historically i mean forget about the part that singing was probably how we learned to speak um which is huge in its own way but imagine in history people chants and national anthems and i mean there's no way you can take away music and would humanity still have be the same that's that's just you can't tell me that's even a possible solution um, so as you can see, like when you start looking and thinking about it, man, music is actually everywhere, right? Now, to get a bit more practical, um, what makes a great song? So as you as you learned, so it's all about expectations. And so maybe you you know this when you hear a song for the first time on the radio, you hear the melody goes bum 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 bum, and then you try to automatically like you have something in your mind that you want to come next, right? And when that's what happens, you get really happy and you really like the song. But when it's not, or some in some case, or when it surprises you too much, and you're like, whoa, like what was that? How did what what weird turn did that song take? Um, and then you don't like it as much, right? So that's really interesting. Um, but as you learned, our, a song needs to surprise us, uh, but not too much. So it has to take us out of our comfort zone and put us back in. And a song can do this many times over within just three minutes um, for us to still like it, right? So I remember when I was 13, 14 years old, it was around the time Linkin Park released Hybrid Theory, right? Their first album. So metal was really big, or they called it new metal, some call it hard rock. I mean, it wasn't metal, metal like Slipknot or, or even those old school metal bands like Metallica or Iron Maiden. Like Linkin Park, like it was something different, right? Because there was hip hop and I'd known hip hop before and there was rock and I'd known rock before. And all of a sudden the two came together and you would have a song where Chester Bennington like screams and belches into the microphone in the refrain and then there's a verse and it's done by Mike Shinoda who's a genius hip-hop artist and he raps so that was really cool right and I think that's why Linkin Park really had his moment because they managed to put together two things that were that people knew in a new and surprising way so that's why they took off and they really blew up I mean Linkin Park is one of the all-time great bands now um, it's been almost it's been like 15 years since they really started blowing up so um 
that's and that happens again and again of course right so nowadays for example some dj like avici or someone like kaigo they do the same thing sometimes they even take very old songs like take on me by aha or something and remix those but what they do is they combine patterns from electronic dance music which has been around for a while now and combine those with totally other genres like avici did country um kaigo does a more more electronic dance music deep house mix which are two subgenres of electronic music and so on right so i think the artists that usually turn out the greatest um in their in their time or in their era are probably those who manage to play with our expectations the best by mixing these known yet unknown components or mixing known components into something that is surprising to us Each song leaves an imprint on your brain. <laughs> I can speak for that because, man, if I could access the space in my brain that is used for remembering song lyrics, whew, and if I could use that to actually store useful information, man, uh, I have so many songs in my head, it's insane. I mean, do you ever have that when you go to a club or a bar or somewhere, there plays a song you haven't heard in five years and you can still remember like half of the lyrics or maybe even all of it? That's insane. I mean, and that's how, how great music is at being remembered, right? Or how great we are at remembering music. I think that's really powerful because you wouldn't expect yourself to read something or to hear something on a TV show and remember that for five years. But the song, after you listen to it only a couple times, even if it's just the lyrics of the refrain, right? That's easy. So it's obviously very powerful, which is why I think music can also be a great tool. So uh, what I'm doing, I'm listening to music all the time. I love it. I listen to it all the time when I write. Uh, I usually have one song playing with a tool called Listen on Repeat, listenonrepeat.com. You can just go to YouTube, go to any song, and then in the link above in the URL, you put repeat behind the YouTube part of the URL so that it says youtuberepeat.com slash watch, whatever it is. Uh, and then it goes to listen on repeat, and I listen to one song over and over and over again. I mean, looking at the last ones here, uh, last couple of songs I've listened to, 95 repeats, 24 repeats, 221 repeats, 30, 104, 955. That's Batman, the soundtrack. Um, instrumentals are epic, especially when you're writing. So for me, that works really well. Um, And that might differ on the situation because when you write something, for example, you might not want to listen to something that has lyrics, obviously, especially not in the same language because that gets really confusing. But when you, for example, do math, you could listen to something with lyrics or when you do something that's not creating related, like sorting Excel sheets or whatever. Um, and when you do something that's creation related, you might want to try listening to something instrumental or even having background noise or something like that. Um, so I would suggest for you to try that try at music as a productivity tool see if it helps um, and at the very least I hope you learned something about music and how it works in your brain I will see you on the next summary <laughs>